Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. As long as I say we can persuade Willie to stay in Ireland, we'll stay in England. GSI, get stuck in. That's probably the most ridiculous question I've It ever is, been asked. I know, but I had to ask um, you. No, you didn't have to ask me. You're calling out prices. Bookmakers' prices on this channel, right? Yeah. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmakers. Jumped in like a bag of hammers. The racing is under such scrutiny. Ah, if you don't like racing, go and watch Peppa Pig. Welcome to the Final Furlong Podcast, where we're all wearing black armbands after Willie Mullins told David Jennings in his Racing Post Stable Tour that Fact to File is currently heading towards the brand advisory. <laughs> I'm pretty certain they're doing this just to mess with us. And at the last second, they're going to actually see some sense and run him in the race that he will crush his opposition in the Turners. But, oh, oh, that hurt. Um, good news, though, for George Gorman, because currently Ballyburn is leaning towards the Supreme. Although, again, Willie Mullins, bingo, he could change his mind in a second. Katie Young crying with me earlier on over that fact of file news. We shall see. We'll still got time to persuade Willie Mullins. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go through some of the big performances from the weekend, starting with Shishkin. And now a victory for the gelding by Shalikov. Uh, I mentioned Shalikov because he's the sire of Don Cossack, a Gold Cup winner, and George Gorman, in my mind, this is the big threat to Gallop on Deschamps. I love this performance. He's a little bit like me. He does the bare minimum. He's a lazy sod, and he's won that race with plenty in hand. I think he'll be fine at Cheltenham. What did you make of his performance of the weekend? Yeah, I think if you take how far he's beaten Protector at seriously, you've got to think he's at least as good as um, Long Presse, haven't you? Although that was well improved for a run now. Like, it's, it's between those two, which one's going to be the best of the English in it? Unless, unless Brave Man's game bounces back, I still think we shouldn't forget about him. It's, it's not like he's been, he's been beaten twice this season, but he, he's still run well. I think this is a level that's going to trouble Galapan de Champ at all. Yeah, I, just, I couldn't trust him back at Cheltenham. I think Kempton and Newbury are tracks that suited him. He's completely flat. They've they've allowed him to get into a rhythm and not sulk, basically. And back over the undulations at Cheltenham, there's a good chance he's going to start sulking again. And I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't because God knows we need an English contender in the Gold Cup. I just temper enthusiasm based on that. Newbury's an easy track to get into a rhythm round and... Like, you know, that's essential when you're talking about a horse that might not be the most resolute. Like, the easier he finds it, the better he's going to run. It's simple as that. And he's beaten a few half-decent yardsticks here. The hitman's obviously back to form. But, um, yeah, I, I temper a bit of enthusiasm. Can you hear him, Josh? I can't hear him now. 
Oh, well, no. it would be helpful if I took the mute button off, wouldn't it be? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought it was me. I was like, oh, no. I, I thought there was just a really big delay, and I looked at the screen, mm. your lips were moving. <laughs> I took a more positive view of it, George, and look, the Boffins at Timeform, they have him second highest rated for the Gold Cup. Now, if Timeform were right about everything then everybody would use their figures and there'd be no such thing as a betting market because everything that they tip would be long odds on. So it doesn't always work out, but they've got Gallop on Deschamps on a whopping 192. Faster Slow, 184. No plus, no P. Brave Man's Game, 183. Lampress, who we're going to see this weekend, laying down his latest challenge. Maybe he is Britain's best challenger for the race. I personally think Shishkin is. He's on 182. Again, no P, no plus. Shishkin, with the squiggle, 187. So he's not that far off Gallop on Deschamps, and he is a new form line coming in as well, Casey. So, question for you is, what did you make of him over the weekend, and what do you make of him with a view to Cheltenham? Yeah, I actually thought um, he put in a really good performance, and um, I was actually thinking for horse that won a Supreme, he looks like he wants every yard of the Gold Cup trip, three mile two, would suit him down to the ground. Um, I actually thought Protector, Protector right, might, may have had him a little bit under pressure with his jumping early on, but he stuck to the task well. Um, and I thought he was he ran out of an impressive enough winner on the day. He made a couple of errors. Jumping was okay. Um, I think that's just kind of him. He kind of runs a bit lazily and he looks a bit roguey more than anything now um, at this stage. Um, He's just a real grinder. He just finds plenty for pressure and... I do think that will help him in Cheltenham. He'll find plenty up the hill. Um, George thought, uh, mentioned that he maybe thought the track might have suited him, but he did win a Supreme, so he does have he does have the track form. I don't know if he has the class to beat Gallup and Deschamps and to be worrying him on the day, but I do agree with you. I think he's probably second best in the lineup so far and I definitely be taking a punt on him for um, each way one anyway. Might have been interesting to see would he have a different kind of view on him if he had stayed up in the King George and won that and had to come in uh, be coming into the Gold Cup off the back of two good wins under his belt. Right. People um, might be having a different opinion of him off the back of that and it is something to keep in mind he probably would have won if he st- stayed up under King George looking at his performance at the weekend he, he just keeps on finding plenty um, and it might just be a little something to note that he might be he might have been a bit short on the betting if that had happened I do think he could be coming under the radar a little bit I think people have the that rogue in us in the back of his mind and is it going to affect him I think Nikki mentioned about putting the cheap pieces back on him be interested to see if he does do that but I don't know whether they will risk that for the Gold Cup just yet. They might just leave them off. I think maybe just best to do that for the time being. And, but yeah, um, overall, very happy with him. Other horse uh, I'd like to mention was just Protectorat. He could be a real Ryanair contender. Bounce them uh, out in front. Let him stroll on as fast as he wants to go and make it a real test of stamina. Yeah, I think he might pop up in a race like that. I don't think he's good enough to be a contender in the Gold Cup. Um, he's difficult to place now. He looks like he wants every yard of three mile, but he just doesn't settle enough to be competitive at that level. Mm. I think if they rode him similar to the way they rode him at the weekend and just let him do his thing out in front, I think he could lay down a challenge in, a, in an open enough Ryanair. Yeah. I'd be kind of looking at him with a view to that. I hadn't thought of the Ryanair for Protector Ash. That's an intriguing one. He's been beaten twice in the Gold Cup. You've got to do something different with him. Maybe that race would suit, mm-hmm. but I just don't think Cheltenham is his track. 
he's been beaten there so many times now that you can't keep coming up with different excuses mm. as to why. And his big piece of form is a Betfair chase win where, admittedly, he was visually impressive. But once a Plutard pulled up, that race was awful. Um, the proximity to Hitman of Shishkin as well. I think you look at the distance from Shishkin to Protectorat and then Protectorat back to Sam Brown and does he know, like, they're about the right distances. It makes far more sense in the context of the race that Hitman has run above himself on his second run back from a wind up than the Protectorat's underperformed. I'd say it's, you have to, I, I believe the result, and certainly you could take the collateral form with Shishkin and Protectorat and Lompresse fairly seriously on that basis. He was third in the Ryanair last year. Like Hitman on his day is a damn good racehorse. It's just that mm. in grade ones, he's, he's never really done it. But that day in the Ryanair, he did run a, a big race. And who knows, he might run a big race in it this year as well. I just think he's a horse you can't exactly rely on. Is Edwardstone a horse that you can rely on, though? Because change in tactics... He absolutely loved in the game spirit chase. Now, what did you make of Edward Stone's change in tactics? Great insight from you a couple of weeks ago, George, where you were saying, speaking to some of the team at Allen Kings, they never thought he'd stay beyond two miles. Forget that run behind Banbridge. Back down to the ideal trip, and he's back in the winner's enclosure. But what does this mean for his credentials for the champion chase? Well, I may have heard from similar um, connections that Tom Cannon's been wanting to make the running on this horse since day dot. And understandably like different trainers do things different ways i think if you look through something like in the last five years only seven percent of alan king's horses have made the running compared to like 26 percent, i think it might have been a paul nichols so they just he just doesn't like making the running with horses it's basically as simple as it is but i, I heard he came back into the weighing room exceptionally smug tom cannon <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's enjoyed that one a lot especially when you're seeing the horse pull like he has done the last few times in behind it it's one of those things, once you've done it, it seems really obvious, doesn't it? But um, nothing was getting near him, was it? Um, does it make him a champion chase contender? Probably not, but he could certainly pick up some of the pieces. No, you, you can't go Ryanair with him because we know he doesn't stay. He sort of has, if he's going Cheltenham, he has to go champion chase. And, you know, if, if either the front two sort of pick, um, drop an absolute clanger, he might be the horse to come and pick up the pieces. We've seen it before. Politolog won a champion chase, didn't he? Like it's, it's happened before, it can happen again. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a betting angle on him. I don't think there's anything in his price to back him each way or anything like that. But, he, um, yeah, you'd be, you'd be looking forward to riding him in the champion chase, wouldn't you? The, the, only, the only note of caution I would give is he's not going to find it so easy to, get, to make the running in the champion chase. Like if mm. if the ground's decent and our lad shows up there on song, um, Enter de G, I'd be very surprised if he could live with him over the first few fences. Like there, are, and there are a couple like that in there. If they take him on for the lead, that he's not going to lay up with. But um, I think ours is the most likely. To be honest, looking through the race, that will that will try and make the running. And if he, if he's on song um, and his feet are all in decent shape and everything, I I don't think Edward Stone will be able to lead. But I could be uh, wrong. Look, gentleman to me didn't perform at the DRF, but that doesn't mean that having missed Cheltenham last year, presumably he goes this year because JP wants to win the Queen Mother Champion chase, and he is a grade one winner over two miles. He'd want to be on the front end. Yeah. Your fellow, as you said, editor Dajit will want to be on there too. So it's not going to be easy for him. And also, it's just not a betting race right He's now. He's eight to one. Okay, not okay. no bet. You can get it now. You're probably going to get eight to one on the day. How big a field is it going to be? Oh, no. Fernie Hollow lines up. There's another one. I presume all these two-milers that Willie Mullins has, the massive abundance of them, 
I imagine they're all going to rock up. Humble Savola will be there. Elixir Donui will be there. Captain Guinness will be there. John Bon, assuming, will be there. So you're going to get the prices now on the day. Like, non winner no bet is a great concession if you're humming and hawing about a horse like Back to File. Jesus Christ, Willie. But if you're humming and hawing about the potential destination of a horse, you have that safety net of non runner no bet. The problem with the concession is these odds compilers are pricing these horses as close to the price they think they will be on the day. And then it's often they're a much bigger price day of race. You don't have to be getting involved right now if you don't want to be. Uh, Katie, what did you make of Edward Stone's change of tactics and his potential prospects in the champion chase? Yeah, I thought um, this looks like it's the way to ride him for sure. Um, he actually, I think he recorded his highest RPR since he won the Tingle Creek in December 2022. So that kind of puts him right back in the frame here. Um, like George said, didn't appreciate the step up to two and a half and a drop back to two miles. And riding him with a bit more positivity seems the right thing to do with him. Um, I think his enthusiasm in his race has probably been a little bit of a negative impact um, in the past. And I think it was the right call to kind of explore different options with him. And, you know, it paid off um, on Saturday. Um, I thought Tom left no stone unturned and he went on this end-to-end gallop and it was going to take a serious performance from one of the people behind to kind of um, take take him on and I thought he looked like he had the field pretty stretched um, from flagfall. Um, I don't think Boot Hill would have been able to kind of rise the challenge. Um, he looked like he was trying to make a move but I thought he had him pretty well covered when he fell. Don't know whether he will, like George said, be able to replicate what he's done here at Cheltenham. I think he's, I don't think he'll have an easy lead like he did at the weekend. And I do think if he does, that if he does get his own way out in front, he might just be setting up a nice pace for El Fabiolo to aim off. The only um, thing I would say that he does have in his favour is, is out of John Bon, El Fabiolo and himself, he's the probably standout performer in the jumping department. Um, his jumping is probably lengths clear of John Bond and El Fabiolo. Um, so in that regards, you would have to give him a chance if he can get into a rhythm out in front like he did on Saturday. And also you just imagine Paul Tanner is just going to sit right in behind yeah. Tom Cannon and go, tow me into the race, son, because the faster you go, the better my horse is. Um, and if they go a slow gallop, that's no problem for me either. And if Edith Gee and Edward Stone take each other on in front, El Fabiolo just wins further and further. Yeah. It's like, like, like you were saying there, but with the two of them going hammer and nails, it's just going to set it up for him, isn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. or he'll fall at the second. Who knows? <laughs> if he, Either if he way, the big willy style. Either way, Big Willie Style comes out on top. And Big Willie Style is probably going to be coming out on top in the Mare's Chase. Most people think with Dino Blue, but I think not. Because I'm a fool. And I lost my money on Allegory de Vassi last year. I studied the French videos, went back and watched her runs in France going left-handed. She was a disaster on her first run left-handed. Had a couple of starts right-handed, comes back left-handed, jumps straighter. And I th- said to myself, oh, Willie's got this horse absolutely spot on. He'll have improved in what the French did. She'll murder impervious. And I lost my stones. And now I'm going to do it again, George. Because she's got me again. This was a brilliant performance over two miles for Allegoria Devasi. She's beaten a horse who needs to go right-handed and wasn't in Rivier de Tell. And Masakata, who very much underperformed. Maybe the drop to two miles helped her. But she jumped straight this time. There was no issues going left-handed. And I'm back on board the Allegoria Devasi gravy train. 
where it's either going to be lobster dinner or Tesco noodles on Gold Cup Day? I just, I just, I can't with her. Like, I, it was only a month ago we saw her still jumping right round a right-handed track. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's maybe, maybe she's going to be good enough, but like Cheltenham's going to be much more of a jumping test than that. Whether she's going to stay straight going back to Cheltenham, so like only um, obviously only impervious was actually good enough to beat her last year. It's sort of you know we're sort of saying she doesn't act around Cheltenham and that she was still second in the mayor's, not beating all that far. But I'm I'm running out of horses to fancy for the mayor's chase. To be honest, I can pick holes in most of them, and like it sort of leaves me like. I still, I still think Rivier de Tell can put it all together on the day. Back up to two and a half mile. I think she'll, she's better off going further, going left-handed. She's still only seven. I think she can build on what she did last year. And like you could say that, promise you could say the same for Allegory Davasi. I understand that, but I don't see any value at the top of that market at all. Maybe Brides Hill, but um, it says it all. You wear it wells fifth favourite for it in, on the best odds and doesn't come here at all. <laughs> like, has never jumped a fence. <laughs> Did you just um, say you fancy Riviera to tell for this race? I fancy her each way. Do you hate money? <laughs> <laughs> the only one that I think is going to be alright at the trip. I, she can, I think she can build on what she did last year. I do think she can take a step be, forward. She's only seven. Wh- where, she nearly, where she nearly killed Jordan Gainford. You're out of your mind, son. <laughs> I think she, she's beaten Allegory Devassi once this year, and I think it's probably more of a disadvantage to Allegory Devassi going left-handed than his Riviera de Pell over 2-4. That's, that's all I can say. Look at the difference in their prices. I, I'm, I, I'm saying it's an each-way bet. It's an each-way bet. It's not a win bet. I, I listen. I will agree with that in the sense that she's a big price, but she's a big price for a reason, son. She has absolutely no chance in a mare's chase at Cheltenham. Whereas Allegory Devassi, look, she might get. It's entirely possible that Dino Blue has been crying out for this distance. Mark Walsh will ride her quietly. He'll give her the absolute best chance of getting the distance. But I think Dino Blue is a speedball, and I don't think she wants to step up and trip. I think she's almost coming here by default. She can't beat El Fabiolo at Leopardstown, so she sure as hell ain't going to beat him at Cheltenham. So they're going to roll the dice, and I'm hoping that this year is the year for Allegory Tavassi. She just came up against a really superior horse who was faster, better, classier in Impervious last year, but there isn't a horse of that calibre this year. Or is there Katie Young in Dino Blue? What did you make of Allegory Tavassi? I thought Paul gave her a lovely tactical ride. Um, they went hard early on. He was patient with her and I thought it was um, very good and very like very good to note that Jack, both Jack and Paul were on horses that jumped to out to the right um, and they both went round the complete outside the track. Like She jumped nearly through a wing, I think, at the second fence and he just ensured that he was going as far to the right as he could. So he wasn't losing ground from her jumping across the fence. He was aiming her as on the, as far as he could get her to the wing on the outside of the fence to ensure that she didn't lose, as she was losing as little ground as possible. And if you rewatch the race, he had her pinned nearly to the outside of every fence the whole way around. 
Um, Jack was kind of doing something similar with Riviera Tail because she also does jump right. Um, but there's no chance of her being able to replicate that at Cheltenham. Like, absolutely no chance. Um, and it, I just, I think she's she's going to be vulnerable around Cheltenham um, going left-handed again. I think both her and Riviera Tail are much better um, going right-handed. And I just can't see Allegory Debassi being able to replicate what she can do on her best form against like Sadino Blue, who's a much better jumper, doesn't have any worries about jumping out to the right, losing ground at any of her fences. She's quick. I do think she will stay the two and a half trip. She's another year older now. Um, I think she does have bags of speed, but I thought she'd... In the, at the Dublin race first, I thought she just looked like she kept plugging on and at the same gallop. She didn't have the turn of foot that El Fabiolo did. Um, I can't, I wouldn't be backing against Dino Blue, um, against with Riviera's tail and Allegory de Bassi. The only other horse that I probably am leaning towards is Limerick Lace. Um, whether she will turn up there, I don't know. They might have other plans for her, but. Uh, apart from Dina Blue, she's the only one that's kind of standing out to me um, at the moment. I just couldn't have Allegory de Bassi around Cheltenham. I just think she just she's just going to throw it away with how badly right she jumps. Um, I think Dina Blue is a solid bet for this race. You'll learn. Gold Cup Day. I'll be cheering her on as she comes there on the bridle to go and win. And just like last year, I'll be roaring in my producer's face about how Allegor Devassi for the win, and then she goes and gets absolutely duffed as um, as somehow impervious is able to just laugh at her. And my producer was laughing at me, basically, uh, by the end of that. Uh, by the way, that reminds me, all four days of Cheltenham 2024 live on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Uh, briefly on the SBK, PP Hogan Memorial Cross-Country Chase, Cocoa Beach. This is a story of two contrasting fortunes for horses who were going cross-country for the first time. There was Statler, who was sent off the well-backed, Seven to four second favorite behind Coco Beach, who was the eleven to eight favorite. Coco Beach absolutely loved it. It was almost like the Iron Spider-Man suit that Tom Holland wears. He grew an extra four legs like a spider and had no problem jumping those fences, particularly the first Banks fence. Statler, on the other hand, like a clown running across a minefield. He was a complete and total disaster. Mm. Coco Beach, George, what did you make of him? Yeah, look, he's obviously um, he's taken well to the fences. Um, Find a little bit of bit, bit more improvement for them to beat likes of Manella Indo, I would have thought. But he's an interesting contender for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, at, at nine years of age, it's nice to have something to freshen him up a bit. But but having said that, he, he was off a he's off a career high mark now anyway, so maybe he's getting better. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's got to take another step forward to take on Manila Indo and that off-level weight, but we'll have to wait and see. I think it's, it's one of those, I think the cross-country is very much going to be decided by the weather on the day. Like you, you have a different, a very different winner depending on whether it's good or soft. I know they can't, the cross-country track's never bottomless, but if it's soft enough, I think Delta Works probably still the horse to beat, isn't probably. it? I just wonder about him. Why did they keep introducing new horses to take him on? Like initially... We were been told that Conflated, no horse had ever jumped the Banks fences as well as Conflated, and he was going to head there. Then Coco Beach is the one who ends up going. Conflated is going to go for the Ryanair. There's one reason for that. It's because it's the one race at the festival Gordon knows he can win if he, if he throws everything at it. Because he doesn't have a particularly strong batch of novice hurdlers this year. He doesn't really have a triumph horse. Like he's, 
Willie's got him beat on pretty much every front, but this is a Cheltenham Festival winner in the bank, so he's got to throw what he can at it. Especially, we all know like he, he likes to target the Grand National as well. It's a great prep race for the National, so it's sort of two birds with one stone for him, isn't it? But I thought Galvin ran a cracker in the big uh, Great Two Hurdle race behind Hidden Valley Lake at the weekend, and that's over a distance and obstacles that don't really suit him anymore on ground that wouldn't have been ideal. Heavy, like he handles heavy ground, but he's better with good in the description, and he kind of got screwed by the going last year. He's the one that would really interest me for the cross-country, but ground-dependent. Yeah, I thought um, it was a nice return for Galvin. Um, he did have a bad incident at the Aintree Grand National, um, and it'd be interesting to see, has that left his mark, you know, in the future with him, because it was a nasty incident that he picked up. I do think Delta Work and Galvin are the classy horse in this race. And Coco Beach might just lack that little bit of class that they have um, off level weights, but you, you can't be discouraged by what he's shown us at the weekend. And he's a very exciting horse to go to Cheltenham with. Uh, there's been a big market move from Manila Indo today. So he's already run a nice mm. race over the cross country fences, and he's a former Gold Cup winner. If we're talking about back class, mm-hmm. that's going to be the one that most people would be interested in. And if this is the big race that Gordon Elliott is only guaranteed to win at Cheltenham, then it's going to be pretty sickening for him if. The De Bromhead and Blackmore team come along with Minelindo swinging away on the bridle off level weights. That being said, though, George Gorman, I'm pretty sure Gordon's left ear is burning. And when he watches this back and go, what the hell is this guy talking about? I've got found a 50 for the article. I've got the Gold Cup winner in Jerry Kalam, who's going to stay better. And of course, he's got potentially the best novice hurdler going to Cheltenham. Obviously, Ballyburn is a serious contender, but brighter days ahead looked really impressive at the weekend. This mayor's novice hurdle is shaping up to be the novice race of the festival. Jade de Grugy, the winner, taking on Dysardinos, who won't have a penalty. Jade de Grugy will. So will Brighter Days Ahead for that graded race win at Down Royal. But this was impressive over the weekend. She's absolutely bolted up from, I suspect, a nice long-term prospect for the De Bromhead team uh, back in second, the next French horse. But she couldn't have done it much better. Yeah, I, I should say, I do think Gordon Elliott will win the article. So I'm being a bit facetious when I say it's his only chance of a winner. But, um, yeah. You, Dig up, yeah, stupid. You, um, yeah, you, you understand my point. Um, and Tupu will win the stairs if it rains, but only if it rains. Right, days ahead, yeah. Like, couldn't ask for much more, could you? Like, she's won pretty well. Hard to weigh up really 100% what she's beat. She's given away a little bit of weight, which which helps. You know, she had a um, penalty to carry. Um, yeah, Jade DeGruji's got the form in the book, is the thing. It's She's been there and done it against sort of well-proven horses and it's just it's it's that age-old thing do you back the form in the book or do you back the horse that shows great promise um but you know might not have beaten too much i know this is a is a grade three winner but um it was only a listed race on on heavy ground at the weekend and it was over two mile five rather than um the trip that we're running over at cheltenham um i think this horse does look more of a future stayer I, I suppose Jay DeGruzzi probably does a bit as well, but I think Jay DeGruzzi might have a bit too much boot for this horse on the day, would be the way I'm looking at I it. I agree. I really like this horse. I like Dysardinos as well for Fergal O'Brien. That's going to be a huge day for Fergal with Crambo in the stairs hurdle and then Dysardinos in the mares. And obviously, she's been campaigned very cleverly. She doesn't go with the, to Cheltenham with a penalty, whereas Mullins and Elliott's horses will have a penalty to carry. I still think Jay DeGruzzi's the one. Um, and the betting has them all locked together. Jade DeGruji, generally 5-2, to two, Brighter Days Ahead, is now the same price. With most firms, there's a couple going 3-1. to one. Uh, And Dysardinos has been pushed out to fours. That's wild. 
she should not be that yeah. price. These horses are being priced up as close to what the odds compilers think they're going to be on the day right now. You're going to get bigger odds about one of these horses. One of these three, something's got to give. One of them's got to go and drift. Uh, and fun, fun, fun went to Exeter and won for Willie Mullins over the weekend. I'm sure she's going to take her chance. Her price has been cut from between 12 to 6 to 1. Um, Katie, what did you make of Brighter Days Ahead? And does the trip of 2 mile 1 in the Mayor's Novice concern you? Not ideal now, coming back from running over 2, and a, two mile 5, back to dropping back to 2 1. I don't think she's necessarily having any problem with that. Like She looked as though she was probably running a little bit in Jack's hand throughout the race. Uh, they just never looked like they were going quick enough for her. Um, I don't think it will be a concern for her going forward. I'm not sure whether that was the strongest renewal race we'd seen, um, but she did win pretty easy and she can't knock her for what she's done. Um, I just thought she used class throughout. I think a jumping is pretty spot yeah, on. I'd be uh, very excited about her. Um, I was a little bit worried that we hadn't seen her for a while um, since November, but um, Gordon said, said that there was a little niggly issue um, it wasn't much, but just she just missed her intended targets over Cheltenham. Um, so it was good to see her back. Um, and this will set her up nicely for Cheltenham. Um, like George said, she was giving her rival £7 here. So that adds another bit of uh, boost for her um, going forward. She's The way Gordon is speaking about her, if he didn't think she was as good as she is, he wouldn't be bigging her up like he is. Um, he's very, very good in that way. Like if he, if he likes a horse... He'll say it, and he's usually spot on about them. She's that a sister to like Cole Potter, Mighty Potter down that fa- that down that family line. Like, like they're all classy horses. Like you, you can't knock that li- that um, bloodline at all. Um, the only concern I would have was maybe would she prefer a little bit of a cut in the ground? Would be my only thing. But I would be under the impression that Jade Grusey may just have a little bit more boot, like you'd said. I think she could be hard to beat. I'd be keen on bright days ahead, but wouldn't be wiping out Jade DeGruge either because she's very, very good also. Yeah, I'm almost expecting Willie Mullins to come out and say, you know what, we've been thinking about it. We're going to send Jade DeGruge for the Bearing Bingham. He's screwing us and everything else that he's going to Cheltenham <laughs> with. Jeez. Um, brighter, could brighter days ahead. Da- I don't even want to put that out there, by the way, because they almost did that with Let's Dance and then went for the Mare's Hurdle because there was the bonus. Yeah. Um, but, oh, theory me. Um, the dam of Brighter Days Ahead. This is, have you ever heard of this before, both of you? Mighty Potter, French Dynamite, Indiana Jones, Caudwell Potter, the most expensive racehorse ever sold at public auction for jumps, and Brighter Days Ahead. That's five horses uh, who've all won at least 75 grand. All of them winners. That's extraordinary that one dam could produce that many jump sources of this caliber. Have you ever heard of a dam producing... Like we've seen it on the flat with Galileo's mum producing See the Stars and many others, but uh, just about rare for jump sources. See the Stars, so Galileo, rare. Black Sand, Bellamy, and Urban Ocean. And yeah. <laughs> um, uh, over jump... Probably not. I'm sure there's a really obvious one I'm missing, but... Um, I haven't seen that. I was just going to say, actually, through the dire side, you obviously got um, Jade DeGruji. She's obviously from the from the family of Sire DeGruji, but she's also a Doctor Dino, due to State Man and Charger. Whereas um, Bright Days Ahead is a uh, Cap God who's produced Aplutard and Clandes Oboe. So, like that would sort of give you an idea potentially on breeding which one of them is going to have a bit more speed. Uh, but uh, Cap Gods do tend to show speed young. 
they do develop into stayers, I, I tend to find that they, they, they'd be a bit nervy and a bit sort of, they, they live off their nerves. I think that sort of helps with their speed when they're younger because they travel a bit stronger. But as they relax, as they get older, they tend to get much further. Um, but yeah, that's potentially a little clue into which of them is going to have more boot over two mile one. Let's talk about a couple of horses with a view to, to Cheltenham. Fun, fun, fun one. Um, brief thoughts on her, but handstands. Uh, very, very keen to get your thoughts on handstands. George, what did you make of uh, beating Django Bay, the grade one winner? That form's taken a bit of a knock. Favour and Fortune beaten by Fun Fun Fun, Django Bay beaten, although was giving a penalty away. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about the Formula entry race whatsoever. Like, Django Bay is just not a horse that's caught my imagination. I know the horse he beat uh, Ascot, tell her the name, has gone and won a couple of um, couple of races at Huntingdon since, isn't it? Two, yeah, two races at Huntingdon since. Between pulling up in the entry race, well, the Formby it's called now, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, you know, like, like that, that's all that's really come out of that. I don't know quite how good Django Bay really is. It was, it was a very good ride from Harry Cobden. I'll say if it means anything towards Cheltenham with the novice hurdles, I very much doubt it. Um, and, yeah, you might still have workable handicap, Mark. That's one thing I would say. He could be. Has he had how many runs he had this season? Not enough. Needs one more run to run in a um, one of the handicaps at the festival, and not really enough time. That's a shame because he, he's up to one three five now, and that would be very workable. It's just a shame he won't be able to run one of the handicaps. Um, yeah, I just think you have to take it what it is. I think it's a bit below the standard um, for a. It's a listed race now, that isn't it? Yeah. It's mm. yeah, it's probably about right for a listed race that standard. But with with regards to talking about Cheltenham, maybe this horse could progress into being a novice chase candidate next year. Would be my thinking. I think he's probably more one one of them. They do the Radfords. They try and buy chases. You know, um, they're actually um, Tom Costello Junior. Certainly used to. I don't know if he still does, but um, he found the horses like Summersby and Calgary Bay and like. Those t- those types, and I, I'm sure they'll be thinking that way with this horse. So, um, yeah, I, I, my view on him is I'm looking forward to seeing him jump a fence. Certainly more than I'm looking forward to seeing Django Bay jump a fence. Anyway, um, but yeah, it doesn't really mean anything for Cheltenham this year. Anyway, does also, it? I mean, you can take some positives. He's unbeaten. He's travelled well. He's jumped well. There's a lot. It's a horrible ground, but he's handled it really, really well. How do you think he'll shape up there, Katie? Yeah, he's actually a horse I've been following since he left the point-to-point scene here in Ireland. Um, and I think he actually looks like he could be very good value for the money they, that he cost. Um, I think he's probably a horse that's just coming under the radar a little bit. Um, they haven't asked too many questions of him yet, but he keeps answering all the questions thrown at him. And he's improving with every run. Um, like George said, I'd be agreeing with him. I don't know whether he would um, play a big part in the Cheltenham Festival, um, be the two and a half anyway, by the looks of it, but I couldn't see him you know, being competitive against the likes of um, a couple of Willie's horses. Um, I, I just think he, he's a real horse for next year. Um, very, very raw, plenty of untapped potential there. Um, and I think... Yeah, very exciting horse in regards to next season, no offences. Um, I think Connections seem keen to be going to Cheltenham with him. Um, I do think he has a nice mark for for um, a handicap, but 
like George said, it's going to be tight now to get another run into him before Cheltenham. Um, Aintree could be a possibility for him and they might just wait for there. But I'm, he's actually a horse I'm actually quite keen on. Um, I think he's lovely. I think he has everything. I think he's a really lovely attitude. Um, and I definitely think he's going to be a horse for the future. Um, but just regards to Cheltenham, I couldn't see him um, lining up there, to be honest. Yeah, they talked about the Bering Bingham as a possibility. He's worth yeah. his go at it, to be fair. But you would imagine Slade Steel, reading Tommy Wrong, yeah. Atlantic. Yeah. You just imagine one of those is going to have a little bit too much for me. Hopefully, Peter Descold. Um, quick one on American Mike. Irish Grand National is being talked about by Gordon Elliott for this fella after he beat Nick Rocket. I thought he enhanced his national on chase prospects in no uncertain terms. He was given a odd enough ride by Paul Townend. He was probably trying to look after him with a view to the next day on ground that was pretty horrible. Looked like Manella Kakuna really didn't... He probably got racing a little bit too far out, to be fair, in that ground, and I think that's a better performance. But it's a boost to Factor Files form, Katie. Will he please run him in the Turners? For goodness sakes, will he? Jesus Christ, he'll absolutely bolt up in the Turners. Don't do it to us, will he? Don't do it to us! Uh, American Mike, Irish Grand National next. What do you think? Yeah, I think... um... I don't think two and a half will suit him at Cheltenham. He's not in the tree and he's not in the, the national hunt chase either. So they'd have to supplement him for the tree mile grade one, but I don't think they can supplement now for the national hunt chase. Um, so only option would be the tree mile grade one. Gordon seems to be a bit puzzled by him. I think like everyone else watching him. Um, yeah, I I think the only logical way way to go with him would be the um, Irish National. Um, I think I don't think Cheltenham will suit him. Um, I just don't think, in regards to his jumping, I think Navin suits him because it's a it's a big galloping track, and he got he gets into a rhythm very easily around Navin. I think if you look back. At his jumping, if he meets one on a good stride, he's very good. He just cannot adjust his stride on on a short stride at all. He's either good long, good when he's hitting it right, but if he has to, if he has to come back and adjust his stride, he just can't do it. And I think that will catch him out around Cheltenham. You need to be in a rhythm around a track like that, and I, I just don't think he will be able to do that. Now, I think the Irish National would be the logical target with him. Like Gordon said, he's just a bit of a puzzle, and you'd be scratching scratching your head uh, watching him. But it's good to see him back to kind of where he probably should be. Um, I do think Manella Kakuna probably didn't jump as well as he should and probably was a little bit disappointing again. Um Nick Rocket was given the patient ride and um, just couldn't quite get to American Mike. But yeah, I think there's more uh, questions gone unanswered after watching this than probably um, answered that answer going forward. Um, unfortunately, Ferroy, your damn champ dude, just didn't even turn up again here and he's probably regressed more than progressed this season. And I was quite disappointed with him. I thought he was going to be a leading player in the national chase at the start of the season. But yeah, he's just completely lost his way at this stage. Um, I don't think he's as bad as that, but yeah, you wouldn't want to go and shut them off the back of that run. So more of a puzzling race than anything, but American Mike, I think they should stay at home with him for sure. Yeah, it sounds like Irish Grand National for him. It sounds like Nick Rocket is going to stay at home as well. Uh, I've just been sent a text from the Willie Mullins media day and um, it basically says, 
your bed in the <laughs> national chase is insert colorful language. So, great. 33 to 1 about Nick Rocket. Nice little prep rate run there. And apparently, Willie just said, yeah, disappointed. We're going to keep him at home for Fairy House. With a view to the national chase, though, Corbett's Cross. I mean, the positive is Derek was booked to ride, George. It was all going so well, and then he gets taken out by Run Wild Fred. Emmett has said no run between now and Cheltenham. He's a little bit sore, but he's okay. He doesn't see anything wrong with his jumping, um, and no Cheltenham target to find yet, but surely it's the national chase. Unless, yeah. Emmett, run him in the brown advisory. That way we get fact to file in the Turners. Yeah. <laughs> Go national chase. I know he says he doesn't find anything wrong with his jumping, but I think going a bit slower give him a chance to sort of I, I just think he show jumps a little bit and I think over four miles that won't be so much of a problem I wouldn't have any problem with um, what happened at the week at the weekend like he, not, yeah he sort of he has jumped out to his left but um, yeah you know he, he'd have got away with that in any other race it's just unfortunate it's one of those things and I, I couldn't see it leaving a mark on him really um, I, th- I think he'll be fine with a view to Cheltenham from there whether he's good enough is a different thing. I don't, but I don't think this fall will be the deciding factor whether he does or doesn't win the National Unchase. I agree. A uh, couple of bumper winners to talk about. Tishan was very impressive at Exeter. Cantico, I thought, was going to open up and become Patrick Mullins' ride in the champion bumper. He won, but not sufficiently impressively enough for me to be going, great, I can top up my champion bumper bet. In fact, I was almost inclined to just cash out. Um, Tishan, by the way, was put up by Richard Pugh, RT Horse Racing's commentator, on this show at the start of the season as a potential star to follow, and he looks it, to be fair. And then Casey comes along and tells me, you know, Paul Nichols said he's not going to go to Cheltenham. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Right, of the two, Katie, if you I can take Cantico, you can take Tishan. Which one would you have? I think I'd have to be side with Tishan. Um, I know probably not the strongest races that you probably won at the weekend, um, but... There was real talk about him um, after he won his point to point. Um, he was actually, funny enough, I was actually looking through this yesterday. He's out of a mare that beat Carlingford Lock in a handicap around Kalani once upon a time. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a good few years ago now. But, yeah, no, I think he could be real special horse going forward. Um, I wasn't overly impressed with Cantico. Um, I know he did it well enough at the weekend. I just, I think there's a few of Gordon's Jalandodaries. Um, I'd have him way above him, um, to be honest. I think he looks like he lacks gear. Um, I just couldn't, he just doesn't spring to my mind. But yeah, no, I was quite impressed with Tishan. Um, be interesting to see where the poor Nichols does run him because he seems to be shying away from Cheltenham at this stage. But yeah, out of the two, I'd be signing with him. I forgot to say, by the way, uh, Casey was saying something on the show a few weeks ago about a Gordon Elliott horse who won a bumper for Gigginstown and going, uh, the enabler, I don't know about him. She just had a real raised eyebrow. Everyone was raving about this impressive winner. He's cost an awful lot of money, beautifully bred. And Katie was like, I don't know about him. Don't think you'll be much good. Got lapped the other day. Well done, Katie. He put us, he put us off that one, steered us right once again. George, uh, any other business? Anything we haven't mentioned that we should have? Um, of the others, I would just say the other one, it's on the line. Obviously, beat um, Bill Away. Bill Away did Bill Away things. Like, as it looked like um, 
looked like his pilot completely given up at three out and then managed to get to the rail and flew home. I think they got racing a long way out. It's on the line and Ramillies and finished very tired. Um, he's the horse with all the right form for Cheltenham. That was a right grueler to have like what we four weeks out from the festival. I just temper enthusiasm on him. He was walking at the line. I, I don't think that was ideal for him now with a view to Cheltenham. Quite. And if I was going to put one in, maybe because like, a lot of these at the top of the sort of fluffed their lines in recent weeks or, you know, not being as impressive as we had hoped. They do like Rocky's Howyer. He's another one that has beat all the right horses. He didn't run much of a race, I don't think, in, in um, the Fox Hunters last year. Was he fifth or sixth? I could be, I could be totally wrong. That's just off memory. But um, he's one that sort of kept his powder a bit dry for Cheltenham. He could be second time lucky in the race this year. Just in, in a year where you're like looking Billaway, Vosley, um what's the name? Ferns Lock, um the other one, um Gold, famous Claremont was a non stayer in the race last year. Like I, I think Rocky's Howyer he's he's well found in the market, but I think he could spring a bit of a surprise in the Fox Hunters. We're gonna have a point to point expert on the show specializes in point to point betting in a couple of weeks' time. We need you on that show, George, because your, sta- your family is obviously steeped in, in point yeah, to point. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll, we'll have to have... talk about our pointers for the whole show, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that, Emmett Mullins. We've got this wrapped up. <laughs> oh, no, not current ones. One's from 15 years ago. Oh, oh great. Yeah, just <laughs> random tangents about reminiscing. Yeah. So, George, what do you think of Premier Magic? Well, let me tell you about this horse from 15 years ago that we once had at the Gorman um, team. So, looking forward. It's getting slipped in the conversation for sure. Uh, Watch out for that. 10 rides on, I think. We might very well do a competition where if you can work out when George is going to mention she's a cracker and get the exact time frame exactly spot on, you win yourself a Final Four Podcast mug or something along those lines. We shall see. There have been drinking games made out of exactly that at Gary Moore's place. Is um, nice uh, Christmas parties. It's drink every time George mentions. Stay tuned. Your chance to get (laughs) obliterated on Final Four Podcast bingo coming your way very, very soon. But the reason I mention this is because, look, George knows an awful lot about the point-to-point scene. I don't have a bloody clue about these hunter chasers. Uh, I have some semblance of form. I can tell you right now, I think Fern's Lock is a shocking price for this. I don't think Cheltenham's going to suit him at all. He couldn't beat It's on the it's Line at Down Royal, which is a more speedier track. If he can't beat him there, how in the name of God is he going to beat him over the stamina-sapping new course and the Gold Cup trip? Don't get it. Really like David Christie. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he does train a Cheltenham Festival winner in this race, but this is not the right horse. I'd be going to Aintree. And the man who's coming on to talk about this agrees. But hey, maybe we're all wrong. We shall see. Um, and also, um, he was saying... Sam Crow's got absolutely no chance in this. Gordon Elliott's left ear is really going to be burning after this show. But even Katie is nodding along there in agreement to that one. So more on that to come in in a couple of weeks' time. And some more specials coming your way too, including the return of Gavin Lynch to the Final Forum Podcast. Coming very, very soon. Uh, From Katie, George, and myself, I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, like and subscribe on YouTube. It was much appreciated. And likes, much appreciated. In fact, scientists have proven that if you like this video, your day instantly improves. Likes should just shoot up. Uh, from Katie, George, and myself, we'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Final Forum Podcast. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.